Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Gracious Father, we just thank you. We exhort you for your love and we thank you for your spirit of wisdom and revelation. We so consign and believe that you strengthen us in the inner man so that we can stand strong on the face of the earth even in times of storm and terrible winds that may come. Thank you, Father, for your word once again for the new season and the new day that you bettered us into that we may rejoice and be glad in it by reason of your word that is infallible. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right, I want to start a new series with you, and it's called The Comfort of the Scriptures. The Comfort of the Scriptures. I was really battling with this for the past three days, seeking the face of God, what I need to share with you. And uh, in fact, I have to speak to my wife and I said, I'm just having an issue right now. I need to pray about it. What does the church need? And somehow I got a confirmation that what you need is a word. You need to see how powerful the word is. That is what you need. And just this morning, Brother Faith sent a message all the way from Oshibu. I spoke a word, a word of prayer also, and he said, the word is working. And all through the night, I find I was teaching in the congregation, teaching the word. So while I went to the office just to pick up something, his message came and said that the word is working. And I said, thank you for confirmation. So I have enough faith and conviction in what I'm about to share with you. You understand what I'm saying? I got the confirmation, and now I know that this is what God has for you. I don't just jump here to teach you anything. I have to seek the face of God on what you need. The Bible talks about giving the word of food to those in need in due season. There is a word for every season. And the word we need in this house right now is what I'm about sharing with us. The need for you to understand the efficacy of the word of God so that you can apply it to your situation. No matter the situation you're passing through now, there is a word that answers to that. Hallelujah. Romans 15 verse 4 shall be our main text. Praise God. For whatever things we are written aforetime, that's before time, the Old Testament, you will, we are written for our learning, our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Through patience and comfort of the scriptures. So, the scripture produces comfort or releases comfort. That means a com- there is comfort that comes from the scriptures. So that no matter the situation you are passing through, you can look through the word of God and find consolation and find comfort 
and find healing. Praise God. The comfort of the scriptures. We're reading so many things this morning. Talking about, uh, you know, like the last one you read from the book of Proverbs. I mean, if you truly want to walk with the scriptures, that answers a lot to your family. If there is a problem in your family, you can say to yourself, I'm a victim of this scripture, therefore I repent of it. And peace instantly comes to your family. You don't need those things you call deliverances. What are you going to be delivered from? Think about it. I was counseling with somebody. This individual has a lot of wastage as far as business is concerned because the person is not concentrating and unconscious. And the next thing, after about a month, pulled back again to me and said, Oh, you see, the devil wanted to take me out. The devil wanted to do this to me. And uh, thank God for deliverance that uh, somebody delivered me. I've been in the church. I said, No, you're just wasting your time. You wrongly program yourself in your thinking about your business. And the business failed because you have no idea on how to run your business. There's no devil that wanted to ruin you. No devil. Amen? You see, don't blame the devil when you can apply the scripture to your life. There is comfort in the scriptures if you can understand what I'm saying this morning. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, for instance, remember our sister. She's not here now with the baby and do this wife. Remember the testimony she gave. The issue she was passing through in terms of childbirth. And she came to the office and I gave her a few scriptures. I said, just go and keep on reading the scriptures morning and evening. Wake up in the morning, go through them. Five scriptures I gave to her. Right? And one of them I'll read for you here. Exodus 23 verse 25 to 26 was one of the scriptures I gave to her. And this is what it says. Exodus 23, 25. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sicknesses away from the midst of thee. And then verse 26 was what really concerned her. They shall not encourage their young, nor be barren in the land. And the number of the days I will fulfill. Now you know her case was she was always having uh, aborted pregnancies. Is that okay? The child will come and all. you know the story, right? And I gave her the scripture. Go and study and just keep reading this. She wrote them down, and that was all. And that's the dedication we had. But the glorious thing about it was, remember what she said. She took the scriptures, gave it to a sister in Benin who has the same issue. The sister began to read the scriptures and all that. What's the next thing? She got pregnant. The last time I asked her, I said, can I even see the sister you send the scriptures? He said, no, daddy, the person is even in Benin. The world works, the scriptures work. Why? Because the person believed. Now, you see what? She simply told the person, this is what I went through and this is what solved my problem. And the person just simply believed her. Remember, she's not a pastor. I don't know if you're getting this. She, she's not a prophetess. She just simply said, this is what worked for me. And the person have the conviction, if it worked for you, it will work for me. And that's all. There is power and comfort where? In the scriptures. 
So whatever situation, whatever situation we are passing through right now, whether finance, whether health, go to the Bible. There's a scripture for it. There is no circumstance in life that a scripture has no scripture for. The Bible has scripture for every situation, whether business, whether health, whether marriage, there is a scripture for it. That is why you need to study the word of God. That's why you need to read the word of God. And I tell you, if you can come across a scripture that relates to your situation and you believe it, life will begin to fly out of it. Why? Because the word, God honor his word more than his name. Did you get that? Simple scripture. There shall nothing cause your young. I say, stay on that. And that's all. From that day, I will not cast my young. If I have my pregnancy, it must stay. Nothing is not going to go. And that's all. Why? The world said it. So your level of conviction on what you read or hear is so vitally important to set you free from anything and everything that seems to be a hindrance. Praise the living God. Go with me to Psalm 119. 119, look at verse 25. Praise God. There's power in the world. There's comfort in the world. There's solace in the world. Hallelujah. Look at what he said there. My soul cleaveth unto the dust, quicken down me according to the word. My soul cleaveth. You know what that means? It's like I'm almost dying. It's like I'm getting finished. It's like I have no hope anymore. Hallelujah. I remember what it means to cleave to the dust. Don't forget. That is part of what God instructed the serpent to do in the garden by the time Adam fell. The punishment of the serpent was thou shall be thy food. How I many of you remember that? Good. But you can understand that the, the serpent does not eat dust. The serpent eats proteins. How I many of you remember that? Good. Serpent doesn't eat. Snake doesn't eat dust. Snake eat proteins. They eat fish. They eat, I mean, frogs, whatever the case may be. Do you understand what I mean? So what is the dust? You remember our frame and you remember that we are dust. What David is saying here is, it's like the enemy has got hold of me. Even in my thinking. Every aspect of me is dying. Give me life through that word. Hallelujah. So whatever the situation, you cleave to the dust, there's a word for you. Praise the living God. Now I want you to look at that word. The word quicken. The word quicken is koyon in the Hebrew. And it means to live. <clears throat> Whether literally or figuratively, to revive. He said revive me according to your word. Revive my health according to your word. Revive my business according to your word. Now, where is the revival going to come from? It's going to come according to the word of God that you are going to receive. That he says to you that you believe in. Revive me according to your word. Hallelujah. It means to keep alive, 
Oh, praise God. Keep me alive, oh God. According to your words. Nothing else. Quicken thou my spirit. Quicken thou my soul. Quicken thou my body. Give me back my health. According to your words. That's a prayer of David. And that should be a prayer for every one of us. Are you getting that? It means to give promises of life. And God has already given us enough promises in the world. That's why I'm saying, you go search the world, you find the promises of God for your life, for your situation. Like we share with our sister. You got the promises of God. Give me back my life through your promises. Hallelujah. And God said, I am the Lord that he led thee. That's a promise from God. Amen. And the Lord said, whatever thou shalt lay forth your hand to do shall prosper. That's the promise of God. Hallelujah. And the Lord said, I will bless the works of your hands. That's the promise of God. Give me life through your promises. And sometimes God asks you, have you searched for the promises I made to you in the world? Take hold of it. Praise the Lord. Amen. It means to nourish up. That means you are drying out. That means you are fainting. That means you are losing vitality. Nourish me up. With what? With your word. There is nothing God can do. And there is nothing God will do without this word. Are you following me? Nourish me up. With your word. Are you drying out? There's a place for revival within your flesh, within your spirit. Are you fainting? There's a place for strength from the word of God. Nourish me up. What does it mean to nourish? Feed me again. You're losing appetite? There is a place for nourishing. What vitality you miss? It comes from the world. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Friends, I'm saying there's comfort where? In the scriptures. If only we can go back to the word. If only we can truly study the word. If only we can truly believe what the word says. Hallelujah. It means to quicken. It means to recover. It means to repair. I'm still defining the word quicken. Quicken down me with a word. It means to repair any damage in your life. There can be a place and there is a place for repairing that which is damaged in your life. Which aspect of your life is damaged? The world can repair it. The world can fix it. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? Now I need you to understand this. You know we had a tremendous experience in my house on Sunday. You know, my brother, the son, was with us, Pastor Mike, 
when I came from Benin. And accidentally, this child, we went to understand, fell. Later, we went to understand, fell, whether I knocked the head on the floor or something like that. And uh, he was on the bed, I mean, on the couch. And my wife looked at the child and discovered, no, this is not a normal sleep. He tried to touch the child, no. And then he ran upstairs to me and said, come, something is happening. What is that? So this child, the way, no, I'm not too comfortable. I'm told the child fell, but look at this child. And I came down, the child was gone. It was terrible. I was shocked to my marrow. I said, what is going on? I picked the child. First of all, I said, Mike, pick the child. Can you feel pain? The child, the eyes was gone. All the black, the, you know, the, 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 what do you call it? The iris is gone up. Everything you see is just white. Nothing else. I looked at this child. I said, man, this is crazy. The next thing saliva is coming out of his mouth. I mean, the child literally was gone. I just picked up the child, lay him on my side and say, I call back your spirit. Come back to life. I was praying. My wife was praying. In about 15, 20 minutes, the child started crying and came back to life. You can repay God's word. Can't repay. I said, God, we can't take death from this child. No. The child came back to life. There is nothing God can do. We were all amazed at the end of the day. It called shocking. I mean, what will the story look like? Think about that. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is, there is nothing God cannot repair. There is nothing God cannot recover. I will say, your spirit come back to life. And the child came back to life. Hallelujah. Listen, you, you must understand something. We, we don't publish so many things here. But God does a lot of miracles in this house. Do you understand that? So it's not like, okay, maybe like has happened, go to Facebook or go to internet or whatever. No, that is not the issue. I know who I serve and I know what God is doing even in your life and in my life. Praise the living God. You know, there are times Jesus will hear people say, just go, don't tell anybody about it. How many of you understand that? No, all those things not a matter of showmanship. I just want you to know God. I'm try- I said all of this to make you to understand that God can recover and can repair any damage in your life, in your children's life, and you have the word. Praise God. So there are things that are coming around you. I say, I can't take this. And Sunday, Sunday, why can't you? The word of God does not admit it. I can't take it. And that's all. Praise the living God. At the sea, I almost laughed when I saw, when I saw Pastor Mike, he pinned the chassis. Is he pinning you? And as he see in the heart, <laughs> he was almost fainting at that moment. It's like, oh, my child is gone. Is he pinning you? Can you feel pain? He was pinching the child left and right. And the boy was on his own traveling. You understand that? Praise God. But you see, this is where sometimes God will say, Be calm and see the work of the Lord. No situation, I'm trying to tell you today, no situation that God cannot handle. No situation. Just have your personal relationship and have the conviction and know what the word says. Hallelujah. So he means to recover, means to restore. And that's what I said. His life was restored back to him. 
instantly. That is what it is. I have the conviction. I have the belief that God can restore. That God can give back life. I have the conviction this child cannot go that way. No. Not even when the child is under my roof. Practically impossible. Are you done with me? You see, you must have... There are things that God does. There are other things God does. And sometimes it is what he wants done anyway. Most times. But I have had a situation where somebody with asthma, incurable asthma, came to my house. Then we are still at Burgokode. And I was asked to pray. And I said, no. As long as the child is in this house, for three days, that asthma will go. And it was a shock. Three days, we didn't pray. The asthma disappeared. I don't know if you have getting what I'm talking about. There is a level of conviction you should have about the word of God and what the word can do anytime in any situation. You must come to that conviction. You must come to that level. Amen? Okay. It means to restore to life. It means to revive. Quicken down me. With a word. It means to revive. Revive me. Are you going down? Revive me. How do you come to the place of revival? You know exactly what the word says about your situation. And your spirit jumps back. And your mind goes back and says, No, 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 that is not me. No, no, that is not me. No. I know what the word says about me. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. It means to save. It means to make alive. It means to be made whole. Remember, I'm still defining just that word, quicken. That word contains the Lord. So, you see, you can apply this word to any of your situation. What do you need? Is it restoration? Is it revival? What is it exactly that you want? Think about it. And this is why when you get to know the word, the way you should know the word, when you are praying, you pray with conviction, you pray with understanding, you pray with revealed knowledge. What's the revealed knowledge? This is what God said about the situation. Praise God. And your prayer become effectual. Amen? Okay, let me give you a story, a background story to this uh, from the scripture as well. How Jesus even tried to push this word that we're dealing with today. Look with me, Matthew chapter 17, verse 13. It's a parable, but hear what Jesus has to say. I'm taking it from verse number 10, Amplified Translation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, verse 10. Then the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he replied them, or replied to them, To you, that is Amplified Translation, To you it has been given to know the secrets and mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. Sometimes when you read the Bible, it's like a parable. When you don't understand what you are reading, you are just, it's a parable. Is that okay? That means it's not real to you. 
That means it's like a novel. That means it's like a story being told. But the word of God is not a story. The word of God is life. The word of God is effectual. The word of God is powerful. In fact, the word of God is a person. In the beginning was a word. And the word was with God. And the word is God. Look at verse 12. For whosoever has spiritual knowledge, praise God. To him we must be given, and he will be furnished richly, so that he will have abundance. But for he who have not, even what he has will be taken away. <laughs> Hallelujah. He will have spiritual knowledge. Get it right. Are you there with me? He was spiritual knowledge. I want you to get the emphasis. To be given the more, more will be given. He be furnished richly. To he was spiritual knowledge. That's why you should seek spiritual knowledge. What did I say? Mighty 13. Did you miss it? Verse 10, I said. Is that what I'm looking for? Oh, I got it wrong? What was it? Come again? 17, okay, that's alright. I'm sorry. Go there, quickly. Mighty 13. Sorry, I missed that. 17, right up. Let's say, okay. Alright, are you done with me? Alright. No, 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 that's what I'm looking for. Mighty 13? Verse 11. Okay. Hallelujah. Alright, so, why were you getting confused? <laughs> Praise God. And he answered unto them, Amplifier said, Amplifier translation. And he replied to them, To you it has been given to know the secret and mystery of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it had not been given. Are we on the same page now? Okay. Verse 12. For whosoever has spiritual knowledge, to him will more be given. That means you grow when you have spiritual understanding. More of God's revelation comes to you when you progressively begin to understand the workings of God. Hallelujah. And he said, and be furnished, and we furnish richly so that he will have abundance. But for him who have not, even what he has will be taken away. Verse 13. This is the reason that I speak to them in parables. <laughs> oh my God. By implication, even the little that the Pharisees knew was taken away from them. They become empty by implication. This is the reason that I speak to them in parables because having the power of seeing, they do not see. And having the power of hearing, they do not hear. 
nor do they grasp and understand. In them indeed is a prophecies or the promises of fulfillment of the prophets of Isaiah, which says, You shall indeed hear and hear, but never grasp and understand. And you shall indeed look and look, but never see and perceive. For this nation's heart has grown grass, fat and dull, and their ears heavy and difficult of hearing, and their eyes they have tightly closed, let they see and perceive with their eyes, and hear and comprehend this with the senses, their ears, and grasp and understand with their heart, and turn, and what's the next thing that I should do? I should hear them. So healing comes from understanding, comprehension, hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? Listen again. You'll be able to see, you'll be able to understand, you comprehend. That is, you come to know for sure this is what God says. And then I'll manifest my healing unto them. You don't see that. So you can't get healed until you comprehend, until you know, until you design properly, until wisdom of the world is revealed to you. You can get your healing. Did you get this? Jesus said the only reason I'm teaching them a parable is so that they will not understand. Because if, if they understand, I'm going to heal them. <laughs> Hallelujah. If they can come to believe and comprehend what I'm saying, I'm going to heal them. So when I teach them a parable, they get confused so that they don't understand. Why is it so? He said, Because as I get a prophecy, let's look at the prophecy of Isaiah that he gave. Isaiah 6, verse 9 and 10. Isaiah 6, 9 and 10. Hallelujah. Look at that. And he said, go. When he talked about who will I send, whatever. And he said, go and tell these people. Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Verse 10. Make the heart of these people fat and make their ears heavy. <laughs> and shut their eyes. Let they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert it and be what? And be healed. Follow the process. You first see, then you hear, then you understand. In your heart, you got converted. Was the next thing that followed? Healing. Follow the process. And God said, You go tell these people that way. And when Jesus came and said, I don't have to speak to them for them to understand because the prophecy of Isaiah has to be fulfilled in these people's life. So I'm speaking in parables so that the prophecy of Isaiah might be what? Might be fulfilled. This is why I said some time ago, you must mind who prophesies over your head. You must mind the word you receive. I don't know if you're getting this. Isaiah gave this prophecy, the people received it. 
Now the after effect of that prophecy is that Jesus will not open their eyes or their ears, but rather will cause the prophecy of the world to be fulfilled by teaching them what in parables. Did you get this? You must mind who talks to you. You must mind who gives you prophecy. You must mind the kind of prophecy you receive because every prophecy you receive will definitely have its effect in your life. Because words are powerful. So if somebody prophesied to you, hey, from the way I'm looking at you, I'm not sure you're going to pass this year. I just, I just get that witness you're not going to pass this year. Huh? I want, to, I want to tell you this. If you receive that prophecy, you're going to see things work in your life that will lead you to the fulfillment of that prophecy. You surely will not pass it. You must mind who prophesies over your life. You must mind the words you receive. You must mind the messages you receive. Hallelujah. I was sharing with somebody who asked me a question. and You were trying to discuss. I'm talking about this African Christianity. I really call it African Christianity because you know what we do in Africa. The only thing we teach is about demons and deliverance and generational causes and devils. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. As if African continent is the headquarters of the devil. You go to other nations, you are not going to find such stuff like that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, that thing has prevailed over the atmosphere. So that you can't get out of it because of your thinking, because somebody has preached it to you, somebody has taught it to you, so your conviction is always about the devil, anytime, anywhere, and not Christ. I asked the person this question because the same thing the person told me just went through deliverance and I said, and I said, Now, what church do you belong to? And the person mentioned the church, one of the big churches. Then I said, how many rich men in that church have your pastor delivered? You couldn't answer. Because what do we do? It's only the poor people in the church that will conduct deliverance from. That means the devil is afraid of words. Death is afraid of wealthy people. So our message is targeted at the poor people who the devil is always oppressing. Can you imagine what we're looking at here? Just look at the churches. How many, how many rich men line up for deliverance? Now tell me, what are they going to be delivered from? They already have the money. So the devil is not after their money, isn't it? They can pay hospital bills. So the devil can't even touch their health. So what do you want to conduct deliverance for? It means the only people that are qualified for deliverance are the poor ones who can pay for hospital bills, who can pay their rent, who can establish their businesses. I don't know if you are following that. And you target it to be generational causes. Absolutely nonsense. Hallelujah. The Bible tells me, he that is in Christ is a new creature, all things are passed away. And if the Son of Man set you free, you are free indeed. They still read the Bible with the veil of African Christianity. Every little thing, they link it with tradition, they link it with old people, they link with it generational causes, whatever. The Bible is telling us, I'm saying, mind who teaches you, mind who you receive instructions from, mind who you believe into. 
And it's important you understand what I'm saying. Hallelujah. You know, we, we, one time I went to Lagos and then uh, one of my very good friends sent a sister to me and she wasn't married. And then he said, uh, Sister, I need deliverance. You know, I used to do all of those things so much. I went into deliverance and this is I messed up the guy's office vomiting. Vomited everywhere, fool. You know, deliverance. But guess what? Three, four years down the line, she was still there. The man have not still come. I don't know if I get in this. Until one day she visited me and he said, I need to be my spiritual father. I said, okay, then a better understanding has been coming to me. You know, remember, over there, when we're over there, sometimes when I start ministration, those of you who are old days, you can testify. People be flying, breaking chairs, breaking all the plastic chairs, and they can't even replace the chairs we're having then. Remember that? And one thing funny about this thing is this. All these people that are always breaking the chairs, they will be the same people to break chairs next Sunday. The question is, what's the change in your life? It's not about breaking the chairs. We're looking for changes. So if I deliver you this Sunday, and we don't see any impact of that deliverance, what is the need doing another one? Let's first get this impact. The sister came to me, traveled all the way from Lagos here. Met with me, I needed to be my spiritual father. We had a discussion, and then, and then I opened the scriptures and I started teaching for two days. You were with us here, and then she traveled back. In less than two weeks, she placed a call on to me. There was a man that was almost coming to her house almost about six years ago. The man just called, the man was from Oguachipu. The man just called. And said they want to renounce the relationship because even himself is not married. And he has to bring the guy down to Warrior to see me. Listen, you are going to tell me it was the effect of the deliverance I conducted some three years ago. No, 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 no. It's just this place. The mind changed. I made that to understand. Remember that he that finds a wife, find a good thing and obtain favor of the Lord. That means you are a good thing. You should say to yourself, I'm a good thing. I'm of the found. Hallelujah! No devil is keeping me back. No, I am a good thing. That's the testimony of God about me as a woman. He that finds a wife, finds a good thing and obtain favor of the Lord. So, you're going to tell the man, do you want favor from the Lord? Say, I'm a good thing. If you have me, you're going to find favor. Praise God, somebody. That is why for every one of you that's married here, you should find favor. Why? Because you find a good thing. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Understanding came to her. And what's the next thing? She got married. So if only you can see, if only you can understand and receive that in your heart, I will heal you. That's the effect of the world. So mind who talks to you, mind who counsel with you, mind who prophesies over your head. Because sometimes you almost get into the point of your breakthrough and a negative prophecy comes in and you go back. Praise God. 
You know what I tell you? The way I'm looking at you, I'm just seeing that your star that was about to shine. I just see somebody hand just come and cover your star. <laughs> oh glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, I needed to go to seven days fasting and prayer because somebody just covered your star. I just saw the star cover your star. Rubbish. Only those who God have instructed to see my star will see my star. I don't know if you are following that. Those who came to look for Jesus, they saw the star and they were sent by God. Any man that will see my star is the one that is going to bless me. Nobody else. Why? The scripture says, I have written your name where? In my palms. So except God open his palms, nobody will see what your star is. Stop all those rubbish. Hallelujah. Somebody in the kingdom of darkness coming to the kingdom of his dear son to see my star. How? Rubbish. He can't walk. I belong to another realm. I belong to God's kingdom. I belong to the community of the saints. I'm among the cloud of witnesses. No devil can come in there to take a hold of my star. I don't know if you follow what I'm saying here. Praise God. Let them believe. Let them see. Let them understand and open their heart. And then I'll heal them. So what am I trying to say? You want healing? Take hold of the word. Open your heart to it. Receive it. This word is for me. From this day, I get my healing. From this day, I got my deliverance. Why? The word of God says so. Remember that. In Luke chapter 4, reading from verse 17, it tells us precisely how that he came to set the captive free to pray the acceptable of the Lord and deliverance to what? To the captive. So deliverance is preached, not conducted. Hallelujah. To preach deliverance. Is that not what the Bible says? We preach deliverance to the captives. We don't conduct it. We preach it. That means it's the word that delivers people. Not the gymnastics. I don't know if I get in this. No, did the Bible say so? I came to preach the assembly of the Lord. You know what the assembly of the Lord means? That's your jubilee. That's your freedom. Fifty. Hallelujah. Praise God. Final word and then I'll shut down for today. But I'm liking this. Acts chapter 20. Look at verse 32. Amplified translation. The place of the word. Amen. Acts chapter 20. Verse 32. Amplified translation. Glory to God. And now, brethren, I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge and trusting you to his protection and care. Can I hear an amen to that? I repeat this. Now, brethren, I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge and trusting you to his protection and care. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, 
And I will commend you to the word of his grace. To that commands and counsel and promises of his unmerited favor. What does he do? He's able to build you up and to give you your rightful inheritance. Among God, God said apart words, those consecrated, purified, and transformed of soul. You see what the word does? The word is able to do what? Build you up. The word is able to build you up, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. Able to build you up and to give you your rightful word inheritance. He's able to build you and to give you your rightful inheritance. Oh, glory. I share with us here the difference between inheritance and what you struggle for to get. Only sons inherit. How many of you understand that? Sons inherit. One of the things that defines you as a child of God is that you are qualified to inherit what belongs to you. The word of God is able to deliver to you your inheritance. That's why you study the word to know what belongs to you. And you take hold of it. And one of the things that belongs to you is healing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. One of the things that belongs to you is what? Healing. One of the things that belongs to you is success. But whatever to you, you take forth your hand to do shall prosper. Success. I will bless the works of your hand. Success. That means your business is bound to prosper. It's your inheritance. You don't struggle for it. You don't look for chance to succeed. Why? That is what belongs to you as a child of God. Only children inherit, I repeat. Hallelujah. And I told you here why Solomon was not mentioned among the heroes of faith. You remember that, Pastor? Why is Solomon not mentioned among those heroes of faith? Gideon, Abraham, all of those people. Why do you see Solomon there? Hebrews chapter 9, I mean 11. And somebody told me one time, and he said, Oh no, Solomon, because he had a thousand wives and uh, all the concubines, whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 that's not the reason. Solomon doesn't need faith for anything. God wanted to build a temple. I mean, David wanted to build a temple. And, 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 and God said, No, you don't need to build me a temple. Your hands are full of blood. You're worrying so much. Is that okay? It's okay. If you don't want me to be, I'm going to stock the materials. Hallelujah. He stock up all the materials. And when Solomon came into the throne, what does he need faith for? He got the materials. That's what I'm saying. When knowledge comes, faith disappears. Solomon knew he had all he needed to build the temple. You got that? That is a son inherited the property to do what he's supposed to do. You are a child of God. You have all you need to do what you are supposed to do. Praise God, somebody. Some people, people don't understand these things. Oh, Solomon, no, 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 no. And Solomon knew that. So when God said, what do you want? I need wisdom. Because properties are already have it. Hallelujah. Praise God. The money to be in the temple, I already have it. I don't need anything. I need wisdom to manage the resources. Sons inherit. You should know what belongs to you. 
take hold of it. So what is it you're looking for? I am saying it's in the word of God. Study the word. Know what belongs to you. Assess it. Grab it. Take it. Use it. It's yours. That's why I keep emphasizing. When people blame the prodigal son, they don't understand. The prodigal son was a mature son. You know what he did? He knew what belonged to him as a son. And say, hey, hey, hey. That I'm not waiting until you die. I know you wrote a will. But there's a portion of the things you have that belongs to me. Can I have mine now? And the father said, oh yeah. Because that is his will. Is that okay? Take your properties. Go whichever way you want. The boy didn't pray like Solomon to have wisdom to manage what he possessed. That's all. <laughs> Hallelujah. He finished everything. He came back to the father. Father said, what's the problem? Everything is gone. Come back home. I have married enough. Hallelujah. Modern enough, you can't deplete my resources. Heaven is full of everything. Come back up, take more, go back and spend. Hallelujah! The world. Do you understand this? So, when this knowledge comes to you, you know what belongs to you. Your prayer changes. Just like Solomon, he won't pray, God, give me ability to defeat the Amorite. To defeat the Canaanite. No. He knew he wasn't going to fight any war. Why? The father fought wars. He should rest. And the Bible said God gave Solomon rest on all sides. You're going to have rest on all sides. So you don't see Solomon going to possess. <laughs> I know what this guy did. He got all the, the money and all of that. You know, you praise God. Give me wisdom. So, okay, fine. Kind of wisdom. I know what Solomon did. He started importing all manner of things and exporting apes, monkeys. You understand that? He was living in a good environment. He had chariot. He was hired into the Egyptian to go and fight wars. And they paid him good money. That's one of the reasons Solomon became very rich on the face of the earth. He was a businessman. Praise the living God. He was a businessman. How? He got wisdom. No wars. No struggle to build a temple. Everything he needed was there. He was a son. He inherited from the father. I call for inheritance revelation to you today. In the name of Jesus Christ. That you know what belongs to you. And you possess what belongs to you. Take all of what belongs to you. Read the word of God. Take it. Grab it. Walk with it. Run with it. Say it is mine. This is mine. What is mine is mine. No power can take it from me. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stand up somebody. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.